Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Governments are among the most complex organizations to transform in the digital age. Having large and diverse organizations, legacy systems, and established cultures, transformation can be particularly complex. Having effective learning opportunities is an essential component of this transformation, as governments and their employees learn new ways of working and creating services for the public good. In this episode, I'm joined by a leader in the Canadian government, who is leading the way in helping to improve digital literacy and skills across the public service. Chris Allison is the Director General at Canada School of Public Service, where he has led the CSPS Digital Academy from the very start. The CSPS Digital Academy was established to help federal public servants gain the knowledge, skills, and mindsets that they need in the digital age. It supports Canada's initiative for an agile, inclusive, and equipped workforce and advocates for the digital-first approach that aligns with Canada's digital standards. These 10 digital standards form the foundation of the government's shift to becoming more agile, open, and user-focused. Chris assembled a team of passionate public servants to form the CSPS Digital Academy, developing extremely popular learning experiences. I was fortunate to have worked with Chris at the CSPS Digital Academy and experience his leadership, insights, and vision, which I'm thrilled to have him share on this podcast. Thank you very much, Chris, for joining me today. It's great to be here. I wanted to first ask you if you can give an overview of the CSPS Digital Academy for everyone to know more about what it's about. For sure. So so the, the CSPS Digital Academy, CSPS stands for Canada School of Public Service. Uh, so we are one of five business lines that exist inside the, the Canada School or the school, uh, as I'll refer to it. And our mandate is basically to help upskill Canadian public servants. So federal public servants, we have 280,000 folks from coast to coast to coast who administer basically a range of, of government services, who provide policy, who develop legislation. So there's literally hundreds of different roles in the government. And, and we basically need to help all of them uh, adapt to modern technology, to new ways of working, and to the implications technology has on Canadians, on our society, on our environment, and, and our world. That's definitely a lot. And what is the main goal in, in achieving that? So there's, I mean, the main goal is actually to have a modern government. Mm-hmm. It's to have, a, to have a government that is adapted to to live, to, to provide services, to provide effective, accessible services to Canadians, and to make sure that the, to help support the businesses and the people in Canada in the 21st century, in 2021 and beyond that. And there's a, a lot of, there's a lot of skills that are required uh, to, to do that effectively. So knowing, understanding data, knowing how to use it effectively, but there's also a lot of mindset and, and there's a difference in culture when you're coming from a post-World War II bureaucracy that, that's established, that's designed for stability, that's designed to be slow uh, and to have checks and balances so that things don't 
get out of hand, that suddenly needs to adapt really quickly to, to a world that changes faster and faster every day. So it, the other part of that is to build that reflex, to build that flexibility and some of the resilience into government as well. And, and the way we frame it, like the actual mission for the academy is to give public servants the skills, the capability and the confidence to operate and to be part of a digital era government, a modern government. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a huge task, especially in this very, very fast moving world. And in that modern world, the word digital is very often used to describe our modern era. And words such as the digital standards, which was defined by the Canadian government, digital transformation, digital skills, the word digital comes up a a lot. But the word digital may often be thought of as referring to the technical aspects but that is not necessarily the case. So how do you define digital in this context? So digital is a really unfortunate word. Like it's useful to to show a difference from things that came before. So you Mm. can say, well, this is digital, that is analog, for example. Uh, But beyond that, it effectively means nothing. It's one of those, it's like air. Uh, It's a medium more than a specific thing. And and as you mentioned, it, it obfuscates the change that needs to happen. And it leads people to think that this is about technology mm-hmm. when really it's not. Technology and, and the change that technology creates in our world is a part of this. But if, if, I, if I had my druthers, if I could kind of make anything happen, I'd stop using the word digital altogether. And I just say modern. Like this is, if you were to imagine government today and you were to imagine what it needs to do and what it needs to become, and how it needs to operate. And you could do that understanding the affordances that we have from technology and from the way that technology has shaped society and knowledge and learning and work. And, and you're to put that together, that, that's a digital government, but really that's just the government that we need and that we should have in 2021. Absolutely. That is so, so true. And I know that you talk about this a lot and it's such an important point to really clarify. It may polarize people, the word, because it often brings thoughts of technology and complicated technology when, as you said, really all it is is modern. And that's a very, very important clarification. Uh, and, and, and if I can, like the challenge to that is people hear it and, and they immediately think, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, that's not for me. I don't need to worry about that. I work in and in government. I work in operations. I deliver service directly. I, I draft legislation. I mm-hmm. I work on regulatory compliance, etc. Whereas literally everything we do in government has a, a technical foundation, yes. right? And speaking about mindset, speaking about culture, that's the piece that goes across every single job. So everyone needs to understand at least the art of the possible, what technology means, how it works, to understand their world. Absolutely. But that's a very hard thing to explain, especially when it's attached to a buzzword like digital. Yes, very, very true. It is for everybody, and it's not necessarily about technology. And even people who are very tech savvy, they it's also for them, because things are always changing, and uh, and one needs to keep up. So government organizations are massive structures with people working in very diverse fields, which raises a unique challenge in how to design learning for extremely diverse learning needs. 
So what do you think is the greatest challenge in addressing this? So, so the biggest challenge right now, so obviously we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're in January 2021 right now. So the, one of the changes we have is the, the switch to full virtual learning, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure you've spoken to, to other folks about before. So yes. I'm not going to go too much into that. But I'd say that is a challenge because it, and it's not just the challenge of teaching, and creating learning products that work in a virtual environment and that are meant for that delivery. But it's also how to, how to teach learners. Mm-hmm. Like what is the best way to actually to do training, to learn right now? And when you don't have classroom environments and where you're not leaving work and where you're not even leaving the same desk and you're definitely not like more than 20 meters away from the emails that are coming in. Um, so, so that's one change for government. The biggest challenge for us, I'd say, goes back to your previous question, and that's actually generating the, um, the understanding that this is necessary learning, mm-hmm. right? that it's not optional. And what we see in government is uh, that there's, people are extraordinarily busy. If you think about CERB, if you think about the need to deliver services today in totally different ways, if you think about an organization like Health Canada that working around the clock to make sure that all of the different provincial COVID tracking things are, are, are working properly or is, is trying to make sure that the vaccinations are getting done properly, et cetera, they're swamped. So it's convincing them, one, that this is necessary learning because there will always be something else that needs to be done. And two, finding time. Yes, that's always right. a challenge. And, 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 and these are the classic things that, that always kind of get in the way. Like if you've got... If you've got a ton of work to do and you know you can't finish it this week, you're not going to be saying, oh, I wonder what learning I can take. I wonder, I'd really like to learn about it agile, mm-hmm. right? or I'd really like to, to kind of brush up my skills on data. Those are all things you do when kind of the, the base hierarchy of needs, the, the avalanche of work in front of you has actually died down a bit. So I think those two things are, are major challenges for government. Probably the former is a little bit more systemic. And that's Mm. the fact that a lot of our business lines, a lot of our organizations, there's understanding in some parts about how much we could change, like the art of the possible when we're talking about technology and how it impacts our work. But for the most part, uh, change is hard, right? Change is hard for folks. And there's, I think, actually resistance. So it's not just indifference. It's no, no. Like when I hear about artificial intelligence, I worry if I'm going to lose my job. Mm. Because I saw this article right in the newspaper, right. Uh, so so we. I just want to stay away from that. I don't even want to know. Right. So so that that's a challenge. And of course, you have to understand your learners. But in an organization that is so extremely massive, with disciplines going across the board of any kind of profession you can think of, then your team really has to be able to think about who's our target audience. How do we talk to them so that we are addressing their concerns? So it's. It's those things where you're saying AI and they're thinking suddenly that their jobs will be taken, but it's, um, it's definitely quite a big task to understand your audience and direct that message that it's appropriate for them. This is certainly not unique to government. I mean, the government is absolutely massive, but as we've talked about before, it's, it's not unique to government because industries of all sorts have this, don't they, this challenge? Yeah, absolutely. And this is so one of the things we've been trying to do is build that common consensus and, and to build a community to help mm-hmm. to do this. So, I mean, government, we don't have all the answers. We don't even understand all the questions. 
but I don't think any other sector really does either. And I think like the common need that we have to help our people, and, and again, beyond just public servants, like the, the lessons that we're teaching right now on uh, like using the digital standards, like designing for accessibility right from the get-go, mm-hmm. making sure that you're, you're using data effectively and you're stewarding it and you're protecting it, uh, designing with users, so user-centric design, building that in from the start. Uh, designing with agility, building multidisciplinary teams, mm-hmm. like all of these things are useful no matter where you are. Absolutely. So I'd say this, the, the learning, the lessons uh, would be useful in academia, in NGOs, in private sector, in small businesses for entrepreneurs. So how do we create learning resources or, or learning products that are shareable? that are, are transferable and that other folks can use because none of us have got the time to, to rebuild something that's been built by someone else. Really, I, I'd love to find a way to do that sharing in a much more effective way. Fantastic. And uh, speaking of sharing, I know that you are a huge proponent of sharing and creating communities, uh, which are extremely important in this complex world that we have. Learning from others and also sharing. How have you and the Digital Academy learned from others and how do you share information? Because I know you do a lot of it. Yeah, so so I mean one of the one of the standards is is use open source and work in the mm-hmm. open, right? Yeah. And by doing that, one other people can see what you're doing and they can contribute to it and they can add in. So so we've very much tried to to work in the open. We have partnerships with every other province uh, and with the territories on on the building and the development of learning around digital. We recently worked with uh, a political as well as uh, as a number of provinces to run uh, a digital boot camp. So six weeks, thirty minutes a week. How to just how to help people get their feet wet. Have I think two thousand eight hundred federal public servants part of that. That kind of partnership. You know, understanding that we all have a piece of the puzzle and that by coming together we can share share the burden, share the load a bit, but also create value for folks outside of a single organization is is hugely important. So when you say work in the open, what does that really mean? Explain to people what that looks like, because I think very often when people hear that, it sounds good, but it's really hard to know what does that look like in practice? So can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, first, recognizing that there are, are serious issues, uh, societal issues with social networks and platforms, mm-hmm. and that there are a lot of things to uh, to, to tackle. And, and these skill sets are some of the things that we're also trying to build across government. So using Twitter or using LinkedIn or using Facebook or using a platform like that to talk about the work that you're doing, like before it's done saying, hey, we're starting to do some work on creating a data literacy program, for example. And you'll have people who are also trying to do that work that would never have known Yes. Right? That this small team in Ottawa is actually working and trying to put something together. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have been able to, to feed into it. They wouldn't have been able to take the elements if you're, whether it's a Google document, whether it's up on a wiki, whether it's up on a website somewhere, the fact that other folks can can take it and, you know, assuming the licensing is kind of done in the proper way, can take it and reuse it and repurpose it for their own value is really important. So, So that's kind of a very common or consistent drive, like how do we work in the open? How do we make sure other folks can see and understand the work that we're trying to do? How do we make sure that it is licensed appropriately? 
Um, again, so we've spent this past year building a thing we call the Discover Series, which is meant to kind of cover A to Z as the minimum that a federal public servant needs to know to, to contribute and to be part of a transformation and, and a modern digital era government. So this means like, what's the minimum you need to know about data, about agile, about artificial intelligence, about design, right, about leadership. So by creating that, we, we think we've, we've created a lot of value across the organization. But one of the other goals we have is to actually open source that and, and make it a creative commons item that anyone else can then pick up. So again, they don't have to do work that the government of Canada has already done. That's really great. And I know that you do a lot of collaborations. And as you said, working with Apolitical and in creating those connections, reaching out to others who are doing similar work, but then keeping that conversation going by being on Twitter and having that easier conversation of saying, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. And people chiming in so makes, makes it as an ongoing conversation. So in terms of the learners, what do you think is most challenging about learning digital skills? And we talked that it's not purely technical skills. It's also awareness and mindset. Yeah. So I think once folks come to it, like once folks show up, um, most of it's not terribly hard. Like it, it's not, we're not suddenly saying, okay, you know, welcome to, you know, your first Discover Digital, you know, now we're getting into um, regular expressions in Python and, and kind of pulling, you know, doing text matching or anything like that. One of the challenges we had, though, is finding that right starting point. As practitioners in the digital space, it's really easy to forget all of the required knowledge or all of the foundational pieces that you need to have in place to understand something. Mm -hmm. I've been working on my French over the past uh, couple of months. And so I was, I was going through and I was creating presentations in French. So I would say like, okay, great. So I'm going to explain cloud computing. But as I was explaining cloud computing, it's like, oh yeah, in order to explain cloud computing, I need to explain containers. And in order to explain containers, I need to explain the way that computers work. And I need to explain APIs. And in order to explain APIs, I need to explain like how, how older systems and legacy systems work. So all of that knowledge um, is, it's, it's easy to forget, but it's actually hard earned. So actually putting yourself in the, in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know all of these things right. and finding that good starting point and, and making the, um, the grade gradual enough to bring people along is a tricky thing. And it I is. think that's one of the, one of the, issues that a lot of folks teaching digital have. It's easy to start too fast, mm -hmm. too far, too fast, and potentially lose folks. So it's really meeting the learner where they're at, uh, not too high, not too low, and on topic that they in most need of learning. And I know when, uh, when some of these courses were being designed, even the discussion, this was before COVID, the discussion of should it be in the classroom or should it be online? And again, it was about being in the, in the shoes of the learner of some people really wanting that in-person experience because they were quite nervous about different aspects of digital. So it's really, I know that you really consider all different aspects of how can we meet the learner in the most approachable and at the place where they're at and they're most comfortable with and start learning from there. Yeah. And acknowledging that it is change for folks, right? Mm -hmm. that it's thinking about things potentially in very different ways. Yeah. Um, we have folks who've worked, you know, 20 years, 15 years 
potentially in the same organization in doing the same role or you know fulfilling the same function with some minor differences and then uh, you suddenly come in and say actually so one if you say there's a better way that implies that there might have been something wrong with the previous way which, mm-hmm. which isn't the case like mm-hmm. in my mind there's always a better way to do something right. but that the reflex to search for that all the time isn't necessarily part of all of our work environments right so when you're talking about change you get involved in in kind of the entire structure and the emotional process of, of managing change and accepting change and, and kind of thinking about new ways to work, mm-hmm. new ways to experience and new ways to create value. There's a lot wrapped up in that. And, and there's, there's many books and things written on that. So we'll get into it. Absolutely. But it's starting with having empathy for yeah. the individual, their experiences, and also the fact that as learning experts, but we're not familiar with their work, we're not familiar with their experiences in their work and where they're coming from. So to have empathy in terms of why that works for them and why maybe change is more difficult and having that conversation, which is super important. So can you tell me a little bit about the different learning products that you have and how you're addressing these different levels of of knowledge and different skill sets? So we started with the Digital Academy working on a premium offering. Mm -hmm. And the idea there was um, partially tied, tied to like an understanding of the, the the strengths and weaknesses of government, right? Like we we basically started off thinking, all right, we're we're effectively in a bit of a talent war with private sector. Like everyone wants to hire, uh, you know, data scientists and designers and UX experts and DevSecOps people and cloud computing experts, etc. But in government, we you know we're not as sexy as we need to be all the time. Um, sometimes it can take a long time to hire folks. And the, the, the value proposition around public service and public and the value created isn't always clear. Like folks think, oh, yeah, that's a secure job, but you know, you're going to be stuck in an office and, and just doing the same thing. Now, first, that's not the case. And second, I would argue that the potential to create public value in government is huge if you know what you're doing and if, you, if you're bringing the skills that are required. So I think we need to do that. But the challenge we saw was, you know, basically in, in the competitive like job environment, we're probably falling behind and we might not have been getting all the people that we needed. But the benefit we had is we have 280,000 highly educated people who are very passionate uh, and who believe in public service. Mm-hmm. And we figured if we could find three or 4% of them and effectively jailbreak them, uh, we would be able to do immense things, right? And really transform government from the inside with these people who are already committed. So, so we ran two cohorts of premium, which were exceptional. And you can find videos on YouTube and uh, lots of artifacts around it. And so that was the first year and a half, I'd say, of the academy. And then as COVID came, so last spring, we'd already started shifting a little bit towards the foundational learning products. We created a product called uh, Discover Digital, which was for people who didn't see themselves in technology, who, who, didn't, who wouldn't necessarily say, okay, how do I learn about artificial intelligence and go and, and you know, Google it and start reading through blogs, et cetera, as, as, a, as an entry point that would work for basically public servants, inline departments uh, who are required to take learning every year and who might kind of come onto the site and say, okay, well, this sounds interesting. I would like Mm -hmm. to try it. Yeah. So we were doing that. Then COVID came. So we basically took that basic thing, the, the Discover Digital. We transformed it into virtual learning, now called Discover Digital in Practice. 
and we use that as kind of like the the, the starting point, yes. the the lily pad that you start hopping from. And then we basically fleshed out the Discover series. So Discover, as I mentioned, it's designed to, to pretty much cover the waterfront. There are streams in, in agile, human-centric design, data, artificial intelligence and trending technology, leadership, cybersecurity. So all of these things. So what's the minimum? How do we support our people to actually be part of the change that we need to see in government? So that, that, that's the, the big piece of work we've been focused on this year. Right beside it is bus rides, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find at busrides.ca uh, and that is a micro learning platform. It's an experimentation, bit of a sandbox for the CSPS Digital Academy. We have probably bi-weekly to monthly episodes coming out. Uh, many of them are in partnerships. We've recently done a great partnership with Forward 50 on the Forward Thinking series, which are discussions between international experts on digital in government, how we can do things better, and also a lot of the challenges, as well as short three, four, five-minute uh, bursts of micro-learning, whose purpose isn't to, to make people experts in any way, shape, or form, but to build interest, to, to serve as little bits of, little tidbit of... of um, they're like a media uh, clip, really. It's yeah, people consuming exactly. podcasts, people consuming little articles. It's really for, for general consumption and very interesting for people outside of government or anywhere in the world, really. Exactly. Fantastic resource. And then that links to deeper learning. Mm-hmm. That links to courses that might take a bit more time. Exactly. Uh, other blogs that go into more detail, for example. So it's yeah. really meant as, as a little bit of a gateway into learning around digital has a very nice step-by-steps and easy to consume and make it useful. So it's a, it's a fantastic resource. Well, these are really, you know, the nice ways of reaching very different audiences. And as you said, kind of hop deeper and deeper into specific topics, but also providing that general understanding that is really important as well. And the premium, which has a really interesting design to really engage and create value for people in the organizations. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because it combines a lot of really great concepts into making it powerful learning. For sure. So premium was designed again around cohorts of people. So basically somewhere around a hundred people coming in, in, we did four different learning streams. So we had a stream in data, stream in artificial intelligence and machine learning, a stream in DevOps and a stream in design. And we identified folks or folks identified, they they basically put their hands up or were identified by their organizations to come in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a screening process to to find people and to try and do some level setting because otherwise you'll end up with some folks who are coming into the data stream and they've been doing Python for like the past decade and other folks who are, you know, not really sure how to do a pie chart in in Excel, for example. So Mm -hmm. so how do you make sure folks are kind of coming in at, at roughly the same level? And then brought them all together and brought them in focused on a problem. So we actually asked every participant to identify a real world business problem that they had in their organization. We triaged the problems, found the ones that were best for prototyping and and most likely to, to generate interesting learning moments coming out of it. And then we formed teams around these and we formed multidisciplinary teams. So we would have folks from data and AI and DevOps and design together on a team focusing uh, their learning in their stream on the problem. And every week we had coaching circles and would bring them back to, okay, great. So I learned this in data this week and here's how I think it can help us solve this problem Mm -hmm. Uh, and and continue those discussions through seven weeks of, of focused learning. 
part-time virtual. Uh, so some folks had to balance some, a little bit of work back at home with the learning that was going on, but all in all, it worked quite well. And then kind of topping it off with a, a two-week practicum. And this was full-time in-person or virtual with the teams actually working to develop prototypes. Mm -hmm. So the idea was to do two one-week sprints to actually give them hands-on practical experience working in an agile environment to create value, to create prototypes as part of a multidisciplinary team. And eventually on demo day, making presentation of their product or of their prototype to uh, an ADM. So very senior level government committee. And, and it was fantastic. And really what we saw is that in cohort two, I think of 16 teams, 13 or 14 actually had working prototypes that, that they had developed and that they had developed in, in the cloud, working with users, talking with the departments that actually had the problems, coming up with some really innovative solutions using technology in appropriate ways while also thinking about you know, secure security and the privacy of users. It was really amazing. And in my mind, the, the greatest thing that they learned coming out of this was what they could actually accomplish, what public servants can accomplish when they have trust, when they have autonomy, when they have the, the learning they need, and when they have each other. It's opening to that possibility. Exactly. I mean, there's just so many really important ways of learning that is packed into that, because not only are you learning skills, but you're also solving a problem, creating a solution for an existing problem within the organization. So that can be extremely useful and grow more after the course. But you're also making connections in your team and in the yep. greater work with others that, again, those connections will continue and you will continue to possibly collaborate and learn from each other and understand another sector in the government. Really, really valuable learning experience. So thanks for delving into that more. And, and sorry, and building relationships and the community as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because the cohort themselves really stays, not just their groups, but the cohort themselves really stick together as a, as a strong relationship, don't they? Yep, very much so. And, and we have teams now almost a year later that they're still in touch and they still bounce ideas off each other. And some of their prototypes are still making their way through the system and are, have been adopted by departments and organizations. That's really, really good. And they may have never met because or worked together because they're all in very different places. So that's a wonderful experience. So through all of this, um, what have you and the Digital Academy as a whole learned about teaching digital skills in government? So, so we've learned that we need to be humble that it can be easy to do something shiny mm -hmm. uh, and fast and, you know, and, and sexy, but that, uh, that actually, actually having an impact requires like pressure, right? And consistent repetition and excellence. So, so basically, if our vision is that, that government, it is modern, it is well adapted, it knows it's adapted to change and it knows more changes coming, and, it, and it's already shaping itself to be ready for that. that that's not going to come overnight, but it also, we can't wait 20 years for it to happen. So we need to start building these messages. We need to start sharing them out. We can't be the only spokespeople. We need folks on the ground. We need converts. We need them to share, right? And we need this to become part of a common discussion. Every time somebody is building uh, you know, a new the government comes in, it has a new priority project. We need people to start asking, okay, so how are we involving users in this? 
-hmm. How are we making sure that it's accessible? How are we making sure that people will, the people who need this service the most or who will be impacted by this policy potentially in the most severe ways are actually part of our discussions, right? And are thought about in this. So it's, it's the partnerships that are needed. It's embedding this into the way we think, the way we talk. So again, digital effectively disappears and this just becomes the way we work. Absolutely, that's super important. And so looking back to when you started and you've come so long from that in a very short amount of time, what do you wish you had known when you started the Digital Academy? That's an excellent question. Um, I wish we had known and I wish we had actually made the, the connections across different sectors, like working more closely with startups, working more closely with academia, working more closely with, with other levels of government. We've done it but it's always ended up being harder than it should. And, and we have rules around procurement and, and I understand everyone needs to, everyone needs to find kind of their way of, of justifying efforts and resources expended and time spent to build something and to work together. But I wish I had understood how hard that could be. And I wish that we had put more effort in at the start to, to get over some of those hurdles. Cause I think really the, you know, we've got, partnerships. We've got great folks that are working, but there's so much more that we could do if we were really able to break through some of those barriers. It's really important, definitely. And so for anyone that might be looking in a different government or a different organization, looking to do what you're doing and be at the core of helping people learn about digital skills and mindsets, what advice would you give them? Um, so, so give us a call. Everything we've done is, is open. We will share with anyone the benefits of, of working in the federal government as we do look at things in both official languages. So all of our content is in French and English. It is designed to be accessible and we would love to share. And at the same time, if you're working on something uh, excellent and you're willing to share, please let us know. Right? We would, I think we, we have the potential to act as a very powerful convener and we need to, we need to just kind of step, you know, bravely and uh, with a bit of humility into that space and say, you know, we don't have it all. We don't know it all, but we do have some, we have created some value here and, and we would love to share it with you. And we'd love to see what we can do together. That's fantastic. And again, it's governments and organizations of all sorts of types go through very much the similar experiences. It's a very important for, for everyone to talk together. And of course, there will be links in the show notes for that. Thank you very much, Chris, for sharing the wonderful work that you and your team are doing. And, and so what is coming up next before we end? What is next for the Digital Academy? So by the end of the year, we'll finish the Discover series. Uh, so we'll have the last elements, Discover Agile, Discover Artificial Intelligence, Discover Human-Centric Design will be finished and will be out and available. And we're also kicking off what you could call the third iteration of the premium cohort model, which this time around is going to be a team-based accelerator. So rather than pulling people in separately from potentially 40, 50 different organizations, we're going to be working with intact teams. And we're going to be making sure that they've got the support within their organization, doing their day they work, that they need to actually transform and improve the services. Uh, so it's, it's called the, the CSPS Digital Accelerator. We will be launching in April. 
And I think it's got a huge potential to one, really do some cool experiments on what just-in-time learning could look like Mm -hmm. inside government, inside the workplace, but also to create much more impact because the teams will remain there once they've finished with the accelerator and they will begin to show other teams. And this is work, the project is a project that they would all have to be working on anyways because they're exactly. all in the same group. So can continue flowing after the accelerator experience is done. Absolutely. And, and involving their leadership from day one, making sure that they see and they understand how their teams are working differently and, and can also see the value in doing that. I think right. we'll also start to shape and, and, and to spread again that, that change and the potential for working differently within organizations. Well, you certainly have a lot of different learning models that are for a very different audiences and addressing different needs in very powerful ways of learning. So that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that with us and for coming on the podcast. It was really, really interesting. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.